Lobs it. Burns alone. Touchdown, New York. Swung out of this. Strike three. Johan Santana has fixed the no-hitter. Anthony's going to try and get one more shot off for him. Throw the buzzer. Oh, he puts it Mike Messier. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Welcome back to TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. College football, week two, incoming. Here we go. Exciting matchups, exciting games. We've got some good ones on this weekend. But before we get into the weekend games, we are going to talk about our Sunday and Monday night games of last week. Florida State versus LSU. The final score, 45-24. Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis threw 23 of 31 for 342 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. Keon Coleman, man, what a talent this kid is. He transferred from Michigan State. He had nine receptions, 122 yards, and three touchdowns. At his first game at Florida State, he made a real statement that he's really going to be a threat on this team this year. Johnny Wilson, Johnny Wilson had seven receptions for 104 yards. For LSU, Jaden Daniels was 22 of 37 for 347 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. His receiver, Brian Thomas Jr., had seven receptions, 142 yards, and one touchdown. What was the game stats really looking like for this game? LSU had 460 total yards in this game, 347 yards passing, and 113 rushing. Florida State had 494 total yards in this game, 359 passing, and 135 rushing. Now you're going to think, well, that doesn't add up because you just said that Jordan Travis had 342 yards. Well, the backup came in, he threw one pass. So, on third downs, LSU was 3 of 10. Florida State was 9 of 14. The Tigers had two total turnovers, one fumble, one pick. But what was the real reason that Florida State came out with such a big win when we thought it was going to be such a close game and the first half was close the entire ride it was fun to watch but why did it become a blowout when it really should have just rode all the way down to whoever had the ball last the defense for Florida State was elite up front they kept pressure on Jaden Daniels the entire game they were on him and they kept moving Even though he was throwing the ball efficiently well, they kept on him the entire second half of the football game, really. They forced him into bad positions. And one key thing to take up, LSU's offense was non-existent in the second half, only scoring seven points to Florida State's 31. Florida State played a heck of a game in the second half. They showed everybody why they should be real contenders this year. Their defense was good. Their offense was good. Coleman, Wilson, Travis all had great games. The defense up front was on the offensive line. For an ACC-SEC matchup, the ACC guys got the better of the SEC guys. North Carolina and South Carolina, same thing. The defensive line got the better of the offensive line, which doesn't make much sense because the offensive line for LSU is supposed to be really, really good this year. Now, one thing to point out, Brian... Kelly, before the game, claimed that LSU would beat the heck out of Florida State. After the game, he claimed that it was an entire, it was a total failure, and they weren't as good as he thought. Could it just be luck of the draw that 
LSU ended up with bad luck because Brian Kelly said something. I mean, they played really well in the first half. What happened in the second half? Why did they collapse? That's the biggest question. And we highlighted the defense of Florida State, but really talking about the collapse. I mean, like, Jaden Daniels played a really good game. I just don't see what really happened. Like, Florida State, obviously, defensively, they were good. But it was like LSU's offense just kind of collapsed altogether, which made it a lot easier for Florida State altogether. It just looked easy for Florida State in the second half. They just they had the momentum. They had the control. Obviously, they had the fans and the crowd since it was in Orlando. But that's the biggest thing to talk about is what happened to LSU in the second half? What happened to the offense? What happened to Brian Kelly? Where was he at? What happened to the coaching? So that's some of the big key things to point out in that game. Mike Norvell, give this guy a round of applause, please. Took a program after Jimbo Fisher left that was depleted, that was horrible, kept making moves, kept recruiting, kept doing the right things. And Mike Norvell now has the number four team in the nation. And they look like a real threat. Now, I know this is a little bit early, but I'm going to be calling it because of what happened to Clemson against Duke. Now, can Clemson bounce back? Of course they can. Of course they can bounce back. But the ACC Championship game, I think it's going to be a Drake-May-UNC versus Jordan-Travis and Florida State. What a matchup that would be. I know it's a little early to predict that, but I'm just thinking about the matchup overall. How fun would that be? Two guys who are Heisman candidates, who make their teams better, who look elite, really in the ACC Championship game. All the chips on the table. That'd be an incredible game. But like I said, congratulations to Florida State and successful win. That's exactly what they needed. Now let's get to Clemson's horrific performance against Duke. Final score, 28-7. to Now why is horrific and the scoreboard is horrific? Clemson actually played a pretty good football game. I just, I'm not too sure what really happened. So, for Clemson, Cade Klubnick, 27 of 43 for 209 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Running back Will Shipley had 17 carries for 114 yards. That guy's a stud. That guy's going to be a top draft pick. He's a top running back draft pick. I mean, he's going to be really good. That Will Shipley can run. For Duke, Riley Leonard, 17 of 33 for 175 yards. He also had eight carries for 98 yards and a touchdown. The running back, Jordan Waters, 11 carries, 63 yards and a touchdown. So what do I mean by Clemson actually kind of had a good game? And the stats-wise, compared to Duke, they had 422 yards to Duke's 374. 209 in passing to 175 from Duke. Rushing, 213 yards running to Duke's 199. On third downs, Clemson was 7 of 15 to Duke's 5 of 15. Penalties, Clemson only had one penalty the whole game, and it was 5 yards. The penalties for Duke, they had 7, it cost them 45 yards. Turnovers, 3 turnovers by the Tigers, 1 interception and 2 fumbles, 2 turnovers by the Blue Devils, which were both fumbles. So we've been hearing a lot of news today about Dabo Swinney, and we heard what he said. In all his years of football, he's never been a part of a game like that. I just think Clemson, the momentum just swung in Duke's favor. You know, they weren't home. They were in a hostile environment. And I just think with all 
the upsets that was going on all weekend. It just kind of led to that moment for them. So we've heard a lot of noise. You know, Dabo Swinney reigning college football. Is it over? Paul Feinbaum says it is. There's a couple other people that say, you know, Clemson is done. They're never going to be what they were. I beg to differ. Dabo Swinney is a great coach. He took Clemson to the national championship multiple times. He beat Nick Saban twice in the national championship. And he's had some great quarterback talent in Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. So what's it all come down to, really? I mean, really, when you look across the board and look at the teams they've had in the past and his dominant era that Clemson was a part of, what did he have? He had an outstanding quarterback. He hasn't had that in the last couple years. I mean, he really has not had a dominant quarterback. Plus, the ACC is getting better. Like we just highlighted, Drake May, Jordan Travis. Guys are talented. Duke, I think it was luck of the draw. Honestly, I know the scoreboard says 28-7. But really, I just think it was a whole team collapse by Clemson. Because statistically, they win the game. They win the game. I mean... They are better than Duke. They just couldn't get it done. They just couldn't score touchdowns when they needed to. That goes on the offensive coordinator. And yes, some of it goes on Dabo. Goes on the quarterback. Goes on the team. Because they got to finish out. they got to finish in red zone. And that's one thing that Duke took care of. Like You see in the game in the third quarter when Riley Leonard has that crazy run. I mean, Clemson was kind of all over him for a minute, and then he just has a crazy run and goes down for a touchdown. Like, things like that. I call it luck of the draw. Now, if they play Florida State and Florida State blows them out, then yeah, it's not really luck of the draw. They're just not a very good team this year. I'd never say, I would never say that a, a coach's era would be over. For example, if Kirby Smart had couple bad years ahead of him say he doesn't make the college football playoff or win the national championship in the next three to four years are we going to say the Kirby Smart era is over no of course not there are times in football when you're dominant and there's times that are not the teams that keep around those coaches are the ones that are smart that know that hey this coach has gotten us here before we would have never won without him so we're going to keep we're going to keep him and he keeps going Plus, they win a whole bunch of games every single year. It's not like Clemson is a terrible team. They win some pretty good games. They win a decent amount of games every year. They go positive. They're never in the negative side. Yes, they didn't have a great season the last two years, but that's all right. I, everybody goes through their ups and downs. Give them a chance. I think Dabo Swinney's going to come back. Plus, don't doubt a guy who's won two national championships against the greatest head coach of all time. And he played against LSU with Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase, and possibly one of the greatest college football teams we've ever seen. It's definitely in the top 5 to 10 ever. I think Miami probably has the best ever, but that one is definitely in a top 10 rating. So to be able to compete year in and year out and kind of dominate the ACC is what Clemson has been doing, is what they have done. 
and I would never say that it's over. As long as Dabo Swinney is the head coach of Clemson, I believe Clemson will end up being back on top. Might not be this year, might not be next year, might not be the year after that, but eventually Dabo Swinney's going to get back on top. It's just luck of the draw, luck of the recruiting, how the season goes, how the team plays, you know, that's what all matters. So we'll see what they can do, and there are better days coming for Clemson. There are. But it's going to be a while. I think it'll be a while. But they'll be back on top eventually. Just wait. Just wait. Because next year is only 12 teams. you got to make the top 12 to get into the college football playoff. Don't be shocked if Dabo Swinney makes it. He might surprise a lot of people next year. So let's get into week two. We had a phenomenal week one outside the West Virginia Mountaineers. Happens, you know. We talked about the Mountaineers. We're not going back over it. Let's think on to the future. Alabama and Texas, college game day will be in Tuscaloosa. The round two of Nick Saban and Steve Sarkeesian, guys who used to work together, and they won together. So are we going to see a battle matchup? Is it going to be close like it was last year where Bryce Young had to pretty much at the end kind of save Alabama and get them out of that game? I think... Texas's best chance to win was last year. They had B. John Robinson. They had a good roster around them. They had the momentum. And I think it was their best performance they could have put on to beat Alabama. Jalen Milrow's his first big-time start. I mean, this is a big-time game, so it's his first big-time start. Jalen Milrow can throw the ball, can run the ball, looked good last week. So let's see what he can do this week. This will be a game to watch. Obviously, it's going to be the top game of the week. People are going to be talking about it. And we're going to see what they can do, really, overall. I'm expecting Alabama to win this game. I pick Alabama to win this game. Texas might surprise people. You know, they didn't play too well against Rice in the first half of that game. I know they finished out strong, but the first half of that game, they were poor. They looked, they looked bad. I mean, they looked really bad in that first half. They shouldn't have been that close, and it was... It, it, it just didn't need to be that close with Rice. There was no reason for Rice to be in that game as long as they were. So Texas had to make some serious improvements this week to take on Alabama because Alabama's going to be that top team. They're going to rain. They're going to rain like they do every year. Our second game, now you know we're going to be talking about Colorado now. We talked about them. I talked about them when they, for, before they played TCU. I picked them to win. I said it would be a highlight game and a highlight matchup. Let's see what Dion can do. And, of course, it was. Now, they're kind of the story in football. One thing to highlight, though, is a lot of the media is not a big fan of primetime. Like, there's, there's some media that's a fan, and there's a lot of people that aren't because Dion's different. Dion doesn't get up there in the suit and, you know, act all professional. He'll call you out. He called out a lot of media guys and this and that. So I just think, in a way, he does it for fun. He does it for motivation for his team. You know, that all they're saying this about us. They're saying we're not going to be any good. Travis Hunter, Dylan Edwards, Shadir Sanders. I mean, it's going to be a great matchup. They play Nebraska this weekend. This is the home opener for primetime. Nebraska, Matt Rule brought in 60-some transfers last year. Now, why do I think this is going to be an interesting matchup? Because Matt Rule is a good coach. He was great at Baylor. He was all right in Carolina. I think he really has the chance to re- rebirth this Nebraska team. I really do think he has that chance. I mean, if he can 
you know, bring this Nebraska team back to its dominating factor here in the next couple years, they could look really good. And plus, it'd be good because we're gonna Colorado's gonna be like on a prime time stuff. We're gonna see Colorado on prime time pretty much all year, unless they completely fall off, which I doubt they are because how much talent they have. So to see what Matt Rule is working with, and they got beat by a Minnesota team that was more experienced than them last week, but I still think they played pretty well for their first time being together as well. So I'm looking for a better week out of Nebraska, maybe to make it a little bit more interesting. I still think the skill players are 10 times better on Colorado just because most of the skill players have been with primetime forever. So I'm still looking to Colorado. So I'm predicting Colorado will win this game. They will win their first home opener and, you know, move on. They got a couple hard games. We're going to be talking about Colorado pretty much three out of the next four weeks because they're going to be playing Bo Nix and Caleb Williams here soon. So they're probably going to be in our college football talk every single week until after those games. Obviously, those are going to be some highlight games. Colorado is not ranked. I'm positively sure they are the 22nd team in the nation. That's pretty good. Keep moving up. Keep moving up. But definitely tune into this game. This is gonna be your. This ain't gonna be your top ranked game, but this is gonna be a fun game to watch. I really think this is gonna be a fun game to watch. Two young teams going against each other. That's what we like to see. And I picked an interesting game. I picked the Appalachian State versus UNC game. App State is known to make some history and noise by upsetting teams. They're actually pretty good at it. They're a pretty good program. They've done it quite a bit in in every scenario. So you normally will see App State always ups, upset some crazy high-ranked team or some team that is projected to be one of the best in the nation. They'll upset them. Don't know why it happens. It just does. So App State versus UNC. This is also showcase Drake May a little bit because Drake May, while he did performed decent against South Carolina. I don't think he performed outperformed Spencer Rattler. However, I do think he has a chance to perform perform very, very well in a home game. It's what he needs to do. He needs to perform really well and make the world remember, I'm still Drake May. I'm still that guy. And it'd be a perfect weekend to go against Appalachian State at home and dominate and take a dominating victory. But it could end up that way. Or we could be in a close game. You know, Appalachian State will make it close. They tend to do it. They tend to do it. I'm telling you. Now, I could be wrong. They could blow them out this weekend. But I think App State has kind of a chance to maybe make it a close game. A lot closer than people think. They're not anybody to sleep on now. App State's no, they're not a team to sleep on. I'd really pay attention to that game. Let's see what they can do. Let's see if Drake May can showcase in this game. I'd like him to. Because it just builds the hype for him and Jordan Travis. I mean, really, and for an ACC game, ACC championship game, that builds the hype real, real, real big. And that's the only, only conference I will predict anything for in a championship game. Based off, I the rest of the conference is not very good, and Clemson is in question mark like we just talked about. So those two teams are the standout teams right now, and that would be a phenomenal scenario to end the ACC on this year. Because I think there's a lot of talent in the ACC. I think there's a lot of talent in the Pac-12. Your sub your sub-power fives outside of the Big Ten and the SEC this year are really have really good quarterback talent. 
It's crazy. Like, the ACC and the Pac-12 had some insane quarterback in town this year. That is so odd. You normally don't see, like, the ACC and the Pac-12 have normal, ta- like, crazy amount of talent. Sometimes you'll see the Big 12 ACC, or you'll see the Big 10 SEC, or the Pac-12 and the Big 12, something like that. But you don't really see an East Coast, West Coast, two, two conferences really with stacked, stacked quarterback talent. And, of course, we're talking about Drake Man, Jordan Travis, and then Will Penix Jr., uh, Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, and Shadir, and Shadir Sanders now. So that is it's going to be a crazy football season. We're going to do this every single Friday. I want to talk about college football every single Friday until we get to the national championship. That's the goal. That's the dream. That's what we're going to talk about. And it's something we need to highlight every single week because college football is very important. It's not like the NFL. Every single week matters. Every single win matters. You've got to get it done, and you've got to prove yourself. Unlike the NFL, you can lose three to four games, three, four, five games, and still make playoffs. So in this scenario, you've got to win every single game. And we're going to see what everybody's made of. Week one and two, not your biggest highlight games, you know. A couple ranked games here and there, but some awesome matchups we got week one. Let's hopefully get some awesome matchups in week two, even if they're unranked teams. Now, the craziest thing is, September 23rd, the week of September 23rd, Florida State plays Clemson. Colorado is going to play Oregon. We got a Jordan Travis versus Cade. Club Nick, if I'm pretty sure, if that's how you say his name, and Shadir Sanders versus Bo Nix. Bo Nix stayed at Oregon to win. Can he do it? Now, they scored 81 points this past weekend, but they played some small school. They played a small school that is not on their level. However, can Colorado pull another upset, beat Oregon, face USC as a higher seeded rank. If they win out from here to USC, that game on September 30th is going to be a highlight show. That's the game we're going to be talking about all week long because that's the game everybody's going to hear about. Let's see what Primetime can do against Lincoln Riley. That'll be fun to that'll be fun to talk about. Thanks for tuning in to TGM Sports Podcast. Now tomorrow Sports Talk Saturday with Matt DeLong. We're talking about NFL Sunday and NFL Monday. We're going to see, we're going to talk about Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Talk about who is the favorites. Who's going to win week one games. And a bunch of other fun things we're going to get into. Hope you all enjoy college football tomorrow. And we'll see you guys Sunday. Thank you.